Hello, and welcome to Hanks for the Memories. You've got a friend in us. This is episode 65, Finch from 2021. I'm your human host, Mike Manzi. And I guess I'm a robot of some kind, Joey Lewandowski. <laughs> and Mike, where did news of the world come out? Was that also Apple? Yeah, that was so also is, Apple. Because Greyhound was Apple. This is Apple. So this was not original. So here, I, I teased before we started recording. I have some background information about this. Because I'm like, I don't know where Finch came from. Okay. Like, where did Finch come from? Do you remember when we first started doing Hanks of the Memories? Ooh. There was that movie called Bios. Yeah. That were like it was like in pre-production or something. This is BIOS. Whoa, they renamed it Finch. So here's what happened. They filmed this in 2019. Okay. And they were going to release it in October of 2020. And oh. then COVID was like, mm, I don't think so. And so they delayed it to April of 2021. And then they delayed it again to August of 2021. And they delayed it another week. And they're like, mm, it's going to be fine. And then it was never fine. So Universal, who like had the rights or whatever, just sold it to Apple. Like this is an Apple thing. So it released on Apple TV Plus and still on there last November, November 5th, 2021. Okay. What a journey. There was there were a couple like there's BIOS and a man called Ovi or something. I don't like there's a couple that are just like that literally were on his IMDb since the beginning of mm-hmm. the podcast years ago. Yeah, yeah. That never came out. But this at least solves the mystery of one of them. All right. Where this went. Mystery solved. Uh, this is produced by Robert Zemeckis, who oh. directed Forrest Gump. So yeah, at one point. Also Castaway, right? Yep. So Finch wears Nike sneakers like Forrest Gump. That's kind of a little bit of a trivia. Oh, I didn't notice. There's an alternate deleted ending, which I did not read this paragraph. Oh, please. But we'll talk to it. Well, I, I, we'll get to it we'll at the end. The only other note that I want to say before we get started is that the trailer, which I never saw the trailer for but i put it on this morning it uses han zimmer's you're so cool from true romance but i'm like <laughs> yeah why why what are you be doing yeah that's also from badlands before that really the movie badlands uses okay. that okay yeah yeah no this is a strange one i mean i remember hearing about it wanting to see it because i just like futuristic robot things and like it was hanks and a dog and a robot at the end of the world like i just figured even if it was bad it was going to be something worthwhile inside that I ended up liking it, not as much as I thought I would. I think it's gorgeous. I think there's a lot of beautiful shots and great scenes and wonderful special effects, but it's like Turner and Hooch and Chappie. Like it got, it just got a little much with just the three of them, I think. So please, before we get into it, what is Finch about? So in the not so distant future, there seems to have been a massive solar flare that has wiped out most of the atmosphere. So the earth is unlivable and humanity is in its final throes. And Hanks plays a robotics engineer that happened to be at work when it happened. So he's in like a place with a bunker and he's been scavenging for food in his own. And one day he came across an orphan dog. So he kept it and took care of it. And now we find out that due to radiation poisoning, Hanks is dying and mm-hmm. he builds a robot caretaker to take care of his dog after he is gone. And that is the movie. And the robot's name is Jeff. Um, at the end, Hanks dies and Jeff and dog make it to San Francisco, which was their goal. Unclear why. Well, the dad. The dad said, meet me in San Francisco. Yeah, if Hanks wanted to go to the place where his dad was. He doesn't make it, but the robot and the dog make it. And yeah, on to other, maybe a sequel. Who knows? And the kind of conflict in the movie, because like Hanks seems to be like a brilliant programmer brilliant engineer brilliant robotics guy they have to leave st louis because there's like a huge dust storm coming right but they're only able to upload like 70 percent or something right of jeff's like the encyclopedia that like is going to teach him how to be like a human yeah his brain basically so like there's like 30 percent that basically hanks has to teach this guy teach his robot voiced by caleb landry jones and i think does the body work is it him does he really i don't know but i felt a lot of his mannerisms because that dude is very unique the way he walks, the way he talks. 
everything. So I'm curious, was he on set? And they just kind of painted over him. Yeah. Voiced and performed in a skillful feat of motion captured by Caleb Landry Jones, a 31-year-old actor who played the brother in Get Out and the Desperate Children last year as The Outpost. He was also in Twin Peaks The Return. I saw a tweet. So my friend Bob, who I host How to Win the Lottery with, does not like him. He's like, that guy's weird. I don't like him. That's why I love him. But I saw a tweet that says he acts with the pinks of his eyes and i can't get that out of my brain because it's such a weird description because he's just like so like he's like tweaked out all the time like, yeah in twin peaks like he he ruins amanda cypher's life basically yeah yeah i could see that he's crazy but he's great here yeah no i really like him so i think this movie has a tall bar to clear because uh-huh. it's the most difficult thing in acting one of the most difficult things in acting where it's hanks and basically no one else right and a dog at that. And a like, dog. That's even harder sometimes. He gets Jeff the robot. So like he has someone to talk to. But like it's always the hardest thing in a movie for an actor to just basically be you're the only thing on screen. Because he's mm-hmm. also, you know, who knows if he if Caleb Andrew Jones there like in green or who knows what. Right? Yeah, but what he like, looks like. Yeah. It seems difficult. But then not only does the movie require us to do that, it needs to set up a world in which we care about a robot taking care of a dog. Right. Tall order. Where it's like, this guy's going to die, and we know he's going to die, because he's like coughing up blood the entire movie and reading a book about radiation poisoning. (laughs) Yeah. So it's like, not only do we have to watch Hanks, I'm not saying half in like a pejorative, but like, we watch Hanks against no other human actors, but then, at some point, we need to fall in love with this robot enough to care about him taking care of the dog. Yeah. And the fact that it works like at all yeah i think is a testament to like the movie being like pretty good at the same time i'm just like this is a lot of hoops to clear right yeah i was surprised the direction that it ended up taking to be the road trip thing i mean quite honestly i don't know what you really do other than that at this point but it's tough because it's like a lot of stuff you have seen sort of in different ways like the same week i watched after yang you know which Mm -hmm. is another android movie which is far superior because it's just the style and the filmmaking is so different and unique and stuff but it's like you could have done you didn't need to film this conventionally you could done a lot more like dream like stuff and memory kind of vignettes and stuff like that but it's not i don't know it just feels like i've seen a lot of this before which is too bad because i like the package like because like i said there's a lot of chappy with this robot Uh uh-huh and I really don't like the robot in the beginning, but by the end, I I, but I, feel I like don't not like him. With Chappie, Chappie's not for everybody. Like Chappie is maybe objectively like a bad movie, but Chappie has a tone and a personality, like the robot and the movie. And it's like, right, this is right. Chappie. And like, there's like, you know, Deant words in there. It's just like, this movie is insane. Right. Like it's doing something. And this is just kind of like, you know. And the other thing that came to mind was The Road. It's yeah. like, happy The Road. It's like a happier or a sweeter version of the road. You but know? I feel like there's also, this is going to make me sound like a terrible person. Not really, but like, I'm not a big dog person. I'm a cat. I'm a cat person. I feel like there's a lot of people who are going to enter this movie as like, this dog needs to survive. Right. right and right, I feel like the same right. thing with the Channing Tatum movie Dog that just came out. I think Channing is great. He's acting against largely just a, a dog for most of that movie. But like, if I was a dog person, I would feel more connected immediately because this movie's just like, okay, there's Hanks. Everybody loves Tom Hanks. Yeah. Everybody yeah, loves yeah, dogs. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We already got that in the bag. And just like, well. So, I mean, I'm I'm more of a dog person, but it wasn't like, see, the thing with me is like this dog, I was never worried that it wasn't going to be able to fend for itself if it was left alone. Right. It seems like it's there to take care of the robot in the end. Well, because the, the emotional payoff of this before they get to the Golden Gate Bridge is Jeff and Goodyear the dog playing fetch. Yes. And like, I think you're supposed to maybe, like the movie might want you to cry when it finally happens. Yes, it and does. And it's like, yeah, I knew it was going to happen. Like, it's just. It, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. 
I do want to say, in terms of the old Tom Tom way of we doing these things, favorite and least favorite moments of the movie, my favorite part about the movie, my favorite thing, it's not a moment, but I like that there's basically no other people. That there's the one time they have to get away from the car that's chasing them. Yeah. But almost the entire other thing is just Hanks versus nature and Hanks versus the environment. Yeah. And I think that it's cool in that way. Because every other, I think a lot of other post-apocalyptic are like, there's these ravagers, there's these outsiders, there's blah, 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 just like all this different whatever. And this is just like, we got to get away from the dust and we got to use our brains. Yeah. And I like that element of it. I don't know. I was kind of split because part of me was like, finally, people are going to show up, you know? And then I was like, oh, they dodged that in a pretty clever way. But then I still had this creeping sensation that they're going to run into someone yeah. at some point. And it just felt a little off to me that it is just the three of them. However, it well, is and, kind and of- Dewey. Don't forget about Dewey. Oh, right. Dewey, the extra half a robot. Bear thing. trapped. I guess, you know, looking back on it, it is it is kind of cooler that there are zero other humans in this entire movie aside from Tom Hanks. And I don't like, know, it makes it what's, unique. What's crazy about this is that this is not a COVID movie because this feels like exactly the movie you make that's, in COVID. That's an amazing point. Yeah, that's how it did feel to me. I was like, oh, it was released in COVID. They probably just shot this last year. And like, that's why it's just Hanks. And he's probably walking around a green warehouse the whole day. No, because like, I, I don't know. I think Dog was filmed during COVID. I mean, there's other actors in there. Joe and I covered for Zach Attack, the Zach Efron podcast, the movie Gold, where it's like him and one other person. Okay. And it's mostly just him. And that was explicitly shot. Like he signed on like in September 2020 and like they were filming in October. It was just like, we're doing this. Yeah. And this feels like one man, literally nothing else. Or, you know, you count Caleb Andrew Jones like in a green bodysuit. And, and he could easily wear a mask. Right. And it's just like, and no, this was filmed in 2019? That, I didn't think I about that until just now, but that's real weird. But what was your favorite part? Do you have a favorite moment? Is it something you've already said or is it something different? Um, moment or theme or element or part of this movie? Maybe teaching the robot how to drive. That was kind of nice, okay. I guess. I liked what they were going for, but you're right. just didn't feel like it had the strength behind it to pull it off as best they could. Like, I like this. We find out that Hanks never knew his father and basically this whole movie he has to be a dad like yeah. to this robot and everything so he's like kind of living that out before he dies like that's kind of nice I'm trying to pinpoint an exact moment though I mean I think I really love the look of the storm that they have to get yeah. away from in the beginning it has like the lightning in it and everything okay so favorite part is probably Tom Hanks in the white suit under the parasol in the middle of the desert yeah. having a cocktail with the robot and the dog <laughs> That's reminiscent, and again, I didn't think about it until just now, but like in your one of your favorite movies that we covered, I'm just like, I like this movie. I don't like this movie as much as you do, but The Bad Batch, oh, yeah. post-apocalyptic, Keanu just like, I'm in a white suit. Like, I'm in this, you know, it's a different thing because he's like, he's he's won the apocalypse or whatever, and Hanks is right. like, <laughs> I'm just dressing nice, then he coughs up all the blood, and it's just like, it's a very sad moment. But yeah, white suit in the apocalypse is a, is a good look. Yeah. And that was a, it was a very nice shot. Oh, there was also mentioned, just because I'm like on this big Hulk kick right now, they mentioned gamma radiation and stuff. I was like, oh, maybe it'll turn green. <laughs> like, if don't get too angry. What I didn't like, I think my least favorite thing is that I think this is a very predictable, a story we've seen before that's elevated only because the effects are good and Hanks is good and Caleb Landry Jones is good as the robot. But like all the frustrations, like the whole moment where like, and maybe, it's, maybe it subverts it a little bit because there are other people, but when Jeff takes initiative and he goes and gets like supplies and food and whatever and Hanks is like like he just gets angry it just like feels like he shouldn't really I, I know why mm -hmm. he's getting angry because he's building the robot just to take care of the dog and he thinks the robot's gonna die and whatever can't go back to St. Louis but like that kind of stuff or like getting mad at Jeff for trying to speak dog or him like coughing up <laughs> blood and like laying in the bed and like making it it's just like we've seen this movie we've seen this a yeah. hundred times before yeah it's good because the parts are good but the story the way it all comes together is just like yeah we've seen this yeah I agree there's a lot of 
a lot of that stuff from a scene before, but it, it's still done well because there's Hanks and everything. But knowing that it's out there already, they should have gone a different direction somehow. Like, I don't know how. I'm not saying like he should have fused his brain into the robot at the end of the movie or anything, but that could have been cool. Somehow Hanks put his brain in the robot. Um, if that was it, like maybe the whole movie, he was like attached to the robot, downloading his mind to yeah. it and they couldn't get separated or something. But I hear you about the disposition of Hanks's character. You think he'd be a little... Not happier, because I understand times are tough, but just just less angry. Yeah, especially when you come to find out it's like his final days. You didn't think he'd want to like spend them yelling. Right, and I think I, I understand why he is, but at the same time, it's like, come on, guy. There is, I think, one of the things, and I, and I think it's partly because Hanks is a good actor, but the moment where he tells Jeff the story of finding Goodyear. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. he's like, I was in this grocery store the supermarket or whatever and like there was a mom and a daughter and like she had a gun on me and then all of a sudden like they leave i'm like just take what you want and they leave and somebody comes up and like basically we don't he doesn't explicitly say it but like this person outside kills the two of them right yeah and he's like the nine-year-old the gun she didn't know where to point it and like the guy just took advantage of them and that's where he finds good year but he says and i'm just like okay like i i don't whatever but he says hunger turned men into murderers but it made me a coward how can you believe in that and i feel like that's a very interesting like he's like i'm not made for the apocalypse yeah that's not my disposition i have to be like smart because i'm not going to kill people i'm not going to take advantage you know it's the walking dead it's the last of us it's all these things where it's like the real like there's environmental hazards but the real people you have to worry about like worry about are the people yeah and hanks is like that's not me and i think that's really interesting yeah that's the I wish they had a way to go into that a little deeper, even, you know, like tell another story like that. Because he tries to tell two or three stories throughout, and that's the only one that seems to make a valid point of any kind. You know, he's trying to tell the story about trust, and it just comes across like he wasn't trustworthy. He was just kind of pretending to be, you know, he says like, oh, he told the guy like it was teamwork, but he really did it himself. And it's like, how does that express trust and things? And there's a lot of that back and forth going on. So I would have liked, you know, another story like this that was more clear. And yeah, it's a nice theme, too. And if it came a little earlier, we would have seen his journey as more maybe heroic or something. Yeah. And I think, like, it's kind of the same issue that I've had with a lot of the Hanks movies and the Hanks podcast where it's like, so much of this is just resting on our perception and our feelings towards Tom Hanks. Yeah, yeah, it's almost like you could remake any movie with Tom Hanks. Is like how this one feels, right? right. Like we've like kept saying it's seen a lot of this before, but just not with Tom Hanks. And like he's great. I don't say I don't want to say he's not great, but like you expect him to be great. He is great. It's just like that's fine. But like so much of this is just like it's hinging on that emotional moment. I think what you said like it comes earlier because like for the most part it's just like he's just like a smart kind of eccentric guy, but we don't see him being a coward. Yeah. We yeah, see we, him surviving. We see him being brave when he fixes the windmill and he goes out for, for supplies. I mean, maybe it's because maybe it's because like there's too much of the castaway performance going. You know what I'm saying? Like again, maybe he's doing stuff that he's done before too, and he's drawing from things because he kind of feels a little like a castaway guy in this movie. Yeah. And like, I guess there's the irony. There's like kind of the Twilight Zone sort of twist where like they drive west and the RV is like. Oh, like the the radiation is 
safe. We're safe level now. Yeah. And there's like because like the butterfly smash into the window, and like it's like oh, we can like be out there just and like that's when he has the white suit or whatever. And he's like, you gotta live. Like you gotta live your life. Like human. It's not just about like wanting to do things. It's about actually doing things. And it's like one of those things where like, so should I not be watching your movie then? Like you're trying to like tell me to like <laughs> just go out and whatever. But like there's that sadness where it's like I'm afraid all the time, and like I could have just gone to San Francisco, but like it just it all comes too late. I think like I don't think we know any of his intentions. It's just like he's building a robot to take care of the dog, which I love. Cool date, whatever. But the fact that this is the dad meeting the dad and like the coward stuff and yeah, it's all like all comes last like thirty five minutes. I think what I was more or less expecting was mostly him in the bunker for like the most of the movie building the robot, and then they hear like a transmission, and he's like, "All right, I'm dying. We have to finish this robot wherever that transmission's coming from." Right, like that's why we're going. And maybe they get there, and it's nothing. Like it was an old transmission or something like that, and no one's actually there. But at least it has sort of like a hope to it, and this is sort of missing that because you find out that. Hanks's dad is passed away and they're really just going to there for like a symbolic gesture yeah. and there's no real like stake to that. It's a weird thing where you expect to see failure, but he's successful in everything like, the first time. Like he just, <laughs> the first version of the robot he makes works. Yeah. And then he successfully gets to San Francisco, which is like, there's no false start. There's no dead end. And like you are, I think you're led to believe that like he's been failing for years. I wish we saw some of those failures because the movie starts, he's got the little robot and this thing is cool. Like that's probably something like a battle bot you could make today. You know, the other cool (laughs) robot is the the encyclopedia, like the thing that like takes a book and lines it up and slice, like, you know, does like the book cutter or whatever paper cutter to cut off the spine. Right. And then scans it just like a hand on a mechanical arm. I'm like, that's cool. Like make more of those because the movie's not short. It's not like they're like cremins in like 85. Like it's a two hour movie. Yeah, I agree. That's the thing. It just, some of it just feels like aimless, I guess, or like padded, right? Like it feels like an outline almost. Um, and it's weird. It's like they could have used that extra time to beef it up a little more like intellectually or whatever, had, a, you know, other f- philosophical discussions about life at the end of the world. But they don't really do a lot of that. So I was surprised. I was surprised it wasn't more about like, hey, robot, this is what it means to be a human. Right. And I think, like, there are good moments. That's what frustrates me. Was like, when Hanks dies, we don't really get a death scene because I think what they do was nice is they show the outside of the RV and Jeff's out there and the dog just starts howling. And it's just like, oh, he's gone. I think that was a really nice, like, tender way yeah. to do that. I kind of would like to see, like, a Hanks death scene. Mate. We don't need it, but, like, give the man a little bit of something. But yeah. I like that. I like that element of it. Like, I like that it's just like we don't see it. We just hear it. And, we, and Jeff knows and we know mm-hmm. what the howling means. Yeah, I think everything was really well shot and done and all. I mean, the robot is incredible. Like, I mean, nowadays with special effects, you know, especially since it's sort of like this big industrial bulky thing. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if they had, like, built that as a reference somewhere in, like, a studio so that they could do it perfectly. But everything else is so expertly done. Like, it's beautifully shot. It's really well directed. It's got amazing technical things going on in it. It's just like, you know, you need... It just needed a little more with the plot and the script and the story and all that kind of stuff. Just needed maybe an extra pass or something. And I think that's what's frustrating. The most frustrating is that I like it less because I know that I could like it more. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much more potential for what they could have done, which is basically like, I mean, they could have gone Mad Max with it even at one point, but they, you know, we don't need to go back there. Um, Let that series do that. But they could have done some weird shit. Like at least Bad Batch does some weird 
shit out there in the yeah. desert, you know? It's like, all right, well, this is the last thing I was expecting at the end of the world. So I don't know what it could have been, but something. Yeah. And then at the end, they give Hanks a Viking funeral because he talks about his dad was like Viking blood or something with some something kind of Viking that. something or other. And they give his they give Hanks a Viking funeral in the desert. They they bound him up in like they tie him up in like a cloth and they set him on fire, which is very yeah. it's a nice gesture. And then Jeff and Goodyear make it to the bridge, and it's a beautiful moment. They hang up their postcard that Jeff drew like a big dog and a big person, <laughs> a big robot on, which I think is pretty cool. That's and they cute. go look for survivors, and that's yeah. the movie ends. End of movie. So here's the deleted ending, which I did not read this paragraph till now. All right. We shot a lot, said the director. There's a whole section that ended up on the cutting room floor that was about Jeff finally coming into contact with human beings and how they were not what he expected and certainly not what his father, Finch, had prepared him for. But when we got to post, we were in the edit, and there was a point where I realized I knew we had reached the end of the movie, but we still had more story to tell. Hmm. I tried as much as I could to see if we could accommodate it, but it was a bigger story than we had time to tell in the time we had left to tell it. At some point, we just had to make a choice. To me, I believe the notion of kill your darlings i loved it i really liked what we did it had great actors in it it had samira wiley my wife alexis rabin we had skeet ulrich we had a lot of people in it it was really good it just wasn't the right ending for this chapter of the story we had to let it go skeet ulrich i don't know man so they probably were nice people then that was probably like a nice commune community kind of thing or do you think that they were like part vampires I don't know, or like, like, seems like part robot a, it seems like that's finch too right like it just seems like that's a whole other movie it'd be cool if he ran in yeah that is a, that is finch too that is definitely which i don't need to say no i don't need to see it but i would be interested to see if there are like cyborgs that he ran into or something like that sure vampires. i could also see like you know he's like he's a nice robot and they're like what is this <laughs> what, what kind it. of abomination yeah who what monster created you to do what now <laughs> crazy to take care of this dog very fun so when he's in the white suit in the desert his celebratory meal can of peaches oh peaches another cage connection he also eats peaches and greyhound but there's a hanks connection too which i don't know if we made on the episode but he coaches the rockford peaches in oh, their own. oh nice right that's not a, that's not a thing that i noticed as a thing from imdb so i do i take no credit for that are there other notes about this movie that you have because i have a couple of other things like mm. what tom hanks is up to i kind of wish we got a quick flashback to the day of the flare like the solar flare like yeah. i'd have loved to have just seen like because all the flashbacks there's only the one real one with the grocery store thing and it's like a minute you know it's not that it's long or anything but i would have loved to just seen that because i picture it like the end of knowing with cage where it's just the solar flare wiping across yeah. the entire planet it's also crazy and i guess that's just the the cowardice thing again but like it seems like just you know a day or two's drive west and it's just fine but there's still no people i mean I guess the reason he didn't leave sooner is because he had security in the bunker and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But he was running out of food and he was sort of widening his search zone. So I guess it was just time to go. I don't know. So a couple of things that Tom Hanks has been up to. He was in an episode of 1883, that prequel to Yellowstone, which I have not seen. Oh, okay. He plays General George Meade in episode two of that, Behind Us a Cliff. So, you know, Tom, you know Tom Hanks loves old timey stuff. Yeah. So that makes loves, sense. Loves the Westerns. I don't know if you have been following this story, but there is this podcast called Dead Eyes. Have you heard about this? No, I don't think so. So Connor Ratliff is an actor. He's in Mrs. Maisel, but he was in Band of Brothers. 
And Tom Hanks fired him for, quote, having dead eyes. Oh, no. So this actor who obviously has a lot of ties to the to Hollywood yeah. because he's an actor and he's worked with all these different people, has had all these different celebrities on. And like, why do you think Tom Hanks fired me? Or like, they just talk about that. I don't listen to the podcast. I just sort of, I didn't even know the podcast existed until the last month uh-huh. when Tom Hanks finally agreed to go on for the season three finale. And Tom Hanks apologized to Connor Ratliff for having, quote, dead eyes. <laughs> That's funny. Or for firing him, at least. Mm-hmm. Hanks added, this is a bone-chilling story, just bone-chilling. He said he took full responsibility for his actions. Just bone-chilling. <laughs> but Hanks initially said, not a single moment of this rings a bell. Interesting. You must, you mean, he's got so many things going on, you know, you can't remember why you fired someone. He's just a producer. Like, he wasn't yeah. a direct band of brothers, right? He said, like, it was the director's thing, whatever. So oh, he well. added, in the inner sanctum of whatever the casting session was, I'm sure I said, I don't know, man, that guy's got dead eyes. I could have said, he's got too blonde a hair, he's too tall, I can't have the aide be taller than Captain Winters. could have said, he's too short and slight. I could have said any of these things. They would have been true, and that would have been the opinion. Yeah, all right, diplomatic. But Ratliff said it was very big. It, it mattered a lot to him at the time. This just seems... Well, I'm sure it did, dude, because it happened to you. It's like, I'm watching Foundation. Have you been watching? No. Check? So the Emperor is like, you know, go do this thing. It, it's only going to be like Tuesday for you, but it's the most important day of their life. You know, it's like that kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> so I get it. But like also, I don't know. The next Hanks thing we're going to cover for sure will be Elvis... Yeah. Plays Colonel Tom Parker. It's going to come out in June, I believe, right? June 24th. So, oh, so that's the movie he shot during COVID because he got COVID. Remember? That was yes. the big news. Tom Hanks in Australia. the celebrity to get it, and it became real became for a, a lot of people. Yep. And then there are three other movies that might come out this year. Two more. like So Elvis in post-production. Really? Pinocchio, where he plays in, Geppetto. Oh, cool. He's the Guillermo the, one? No, Sorry. the Zemeckis one. What is going on? Why are there Live two? action Pinocchio, where oh Joseph Gordon-Levitt voices Jiminy Cricket. Oh, my God. Luke Evans, a.k.a. Owen Shaw, plays the coachman. What? Keegan-Michael Key is a voice in there. Cynthia Erivo's in there. Lorraine, gonna... Lorraine Bracco is a voice of a seagull. What? Lorraine Bracco, Janet Rossi is a seagull. Hanks' Geppetto is going to be tough. It's going to be like, eh, it's at the Pinocchio. Eh. I hope he really doesn't go there. <laughs> He's also in uh, Asteroid City, which is expected this year, which Ooh. is Wes Anderson's new movie. It says, plot unknown, rumored to be a love story set in Europe. Margot no. Robbie, Tom Hanks, Scarlett Johansson, Jeffrey Wright, Maya Hawke, Adrian Brody, Bill Murray. I mean, it's a Wes oh, Anderson I'm think, movie. I'm thinking, of, I'm thinking of the Linkletter movie, the trailer for the new Linkletter movie. Oh. It's done in like the Scanner Darkly style. Okay. Like a rotoscoping? Yeah, yeah. And then there's A Man Called Otto, which maybe was the one that I was thinking before. I don't know. Who knows? Expected on Christmas. A cranky retired man strikes up an unlikely friendship with his boisterous new neighbors, a remake of a 2015 Swedish film where Hanks plays Otto. All right. So we could have like four more Hanks movies this year, which seems crazy. that seems like a lot. But... What we'll we see. Doing? The next one for sure is Elvis, though. Yeah. Which we'll do a cross episode. We'll probably just record one thing and release on two feeds for this and the Elvis pod. Because the Elvis pod, like, we're not far enough into the Elvis pod to like really take in. Although this is maybe early Elvis career, which is what we. Well, we're also not following his music career. We're just following his movie career. It, make, it makes yeah, Who no knows? Sense. But we'll do it. Any other thoughts on Finch or Hanks or anything else? Looking forward to more Hanks. Uh, I guess, you know, he's never going to do another movie where it's him and a dog, like, hanging out again. He's done two. How many do you do in your career where it's just you and a dog and, like, a thing? But I'd like to see him do another thing with, like, a robot. Like, I'd like to see Hanks in the future just in, like, um, a populated one. Like, he would work on, like, hire him for Star Trek, for the next Star Trek, and, like, head of Starfleet. That would be amazing. I mean, he did uh, Cloud Atlas partly in the future, there right? You go. So yeah. he's yeah. dabbled. He hasn't really, but he also, he never did a Western until News of the World, right? So like he's still trying new things. So finally getting Western Cage. It's all happening. It's all happening. 
for all things hangs from the memories you go to cageclub.me facebook don't go to facebook at cageclubpod on twitter and instagram email us hanks at cageclub.me sorry to whoever emailed us in the fall schedules did not align but here's the episode hope you're still listening and come back in june ish for elvis i'm joey lewandowski and i'm mike manzi we were singing Take care of this dog. It's the reason I made you.